Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. The message I have for you today is called Here and Now. If you want to get your notes out as we start together this morning. I just believe there's so much power in what God wants to do here in our lives this morning. And again, if church is a new thing for you, you came because you saw an invite or a social media ad, we're just glad you're here. And God, I believe, has something special for you, and he can speak to you today. And whether you're here in person or do me a favor, would you welcome everybody watching online for Local City Online? So glad you're with us. Whether you're watching online or you're watching on demand this week, we're just glad you're with you. Man, if it is your first time, this is home. And I believe here and now God can do something special in your life. I believe that it doesn't have to be at the end of some sort of 12 steps or some sort of plan. It can happen today. And God can speak to you and show you who he is, and he wants you to have a life-giving experience of the life that he created you for. And I pray as you write some things down today and as my words go out into this room and online that it would be the word of God that would speak to you today wherever you're at, to truly help you and know that here and now, God can do something in your life. Here and now, God can be with you. Here and now, God, he, God is here in this place. And I was thinking about this message and I came up with the title of this conversation this morning when I was staring at a, honestly staring at a picture of my family from our vacation just a couple weeks ago. Here we are right there. Yeah, we look great. That's our uh, five, almost five-year-old son, Shepard. He's over in the local city kids area. They do such a great job that he loves going over there. He doesn't want to come in here and be on stage. He wants to hang out in there. But we got to go up to Blue Ridge, Georgia, an eight-hour drive that took 10 hours because of bathroom breaks and then almost 12 hours because of traffic with two little ones. Thanks for praying for us, we needed it. But we got there and I, my mom took this picture of us and I was just looking at it thinking about, man, that's, that's everything that matters right there. That, this moment was what I want my life to be defined by, of how I've loved my wife and cared for her and loved my family because that's what God's created me to do. And that I fight for things that aren't material anymore. See, I feel like we can get so excited about the material things we want to achieve or get as we begin a new year, or we can be stressed out by all the material things that affect us, whether it's our job or relationships or finances or stuff, whatever it may be. And what I want you to know today is today can be a fresh start for you. This is a place where you can start fresh because God is all about new beginnings here and now. And for you today, I want you to realize this one statement as we move through the message, and that is every moment is a fresh start, every moment. I remember looking at that moment of our family smiling, and as I said before, it wasn't all smiles and joy on that 12-hour drive back, or on the 12-hour drive up there and back, right? When the kids are crying, when you're stuck in traffic, it's not all joy. It's hard, life is hard. Can I get a good amen? And the thing is, is that in those moments, we have the choice to choose joy or let our circumstances choose for us. And I want you to know today, today's moment can be a fresh start. And as a father, what I've learned about my kids is that my heart towards them, man, every moment's a fresh start. Because our son, Shepard, he is awesome. He's independent. He's crazy. He's excited. He's passionate. He loves people. But as he is almost five, he loves to do what he wants to do. 
And sometimes my mom was telling me yesterday he was coming back to our house and he was in the back seat and he suddenly just said, get ready. My mom was like, what? He's like, get ready. I'm gonna be mean soon. I'm like, why? I guess that's just what five-year-olds do. We as adults, we just don't tell people, but we know we're gonna be mean to people at work today because we woke up later, had a rough day, right? Kids just tell you, I'm gonna be mean soon. Just preparing you. And he's five, so he's not perfect, but I'm telling you, there are moments that totally make me so proud of him. A few days ago, a Teddy who was up here wasn't feeling good. And I told Shepard, hey, I know it's been, t- been a crazy day. You've been have high energy running around, but your brother doesn't feel good. So why don't you come pray for him? And then he hopped up on the couch and laid his little hands on Teddy and closed his eyes and said, dear Jesus, I pray that you would heal Teddy, help him feel better and not be sick anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. And if that doesn't make you cry, you got no heart. Like, I don't know what's going on with you. You gotta get some counseling. Cause I mean, I'm well up just thinking about it. And it's amazing that everything leading up to that day was crazy, a lot of energy, negative and positive. But it was in that moment that my heart towards him just was a fresh start. So, I mean, I'm so proud of you for this moment. I don't care about all the rest. It's this moment that matters to me. And I want you to know that you being in God's house today, he looks at you and says, man, I'm just so glad you're here. I don't care about all that other stuff that you may be carrying or worrying about. We'll get it figured out. Your past, whatever, maybe your doubts or beliefs you even have right now, we'll get it figured out. I'm just proud that you're here. Because here's what God promises us, and this is written, this book, Lamentations, I'm gonna quote from, is written by a guy named Solomon, who had everything you could ever want. But he realized at the end of his life when he wrote this book, Lamentations, literally the title of that book means weeping, crying, looking back. Here's what he says about his life and what he's learned is that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease and God, and great is his faithfulness, his mercies begin afresh each morning. And so here's what I want for you today is that I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. I believe that last sentence describes every single one of us in this room. We're depending on God, so I want you to know God's good to you. You're searching for him, you're trying to find him, you're trying to find that purpose, you're trying to learn more about God. I want you to know he's good to you right now, in this moment, today, here, and now. And from a guy who had everything looking back and saying the only thing that mattered was realizing that God is good to me, and I can depend on him. And even when I feel lost, he's still good, because if I seek him, I will find him. And so I don't know what you're going through today, I don't know what brought you into this place today, but I got good news for you. Everyone, everyone, everyone deserves a new beginning. It's a new beginning for me, it's a new beginning for you, for our church, for our family. Man, I just wanna start fresh. I love what it says in that verse, that your mercies are fresh each morning. Can I tell you, today the sun rose. It's beautiful out, great Florida day. 50 degrees in the morning, 80 degrees in the afternoon. We get it, we're used to it, right? That's why I wear layers that I can usually take off, right? The thing is, is that when the sun rises, that's how it works spiritually in God's eyes. And those things we're carrying or worrying about, I pray that you would be free from today. Because God's like, hey, that was yesterday. Sun already sunset on all that stuff. The sun rose today and my mercies are new for you and you have a new beginning today. And as we make it practical for ourselves, as we lean into this morning, it's that everyone, everyone in this room has a decision today, myself included. And that decision this morning is that today we will say to ourselves that this is day one or we will continue to say to ourselves one day. This is day one of getting back in church. This is day one of getting my life right. 
This is day one of trusting God again. This is day one of realizing He is what's most important. This is day one of healthy relationships and getting back to prayer and being in God's word. Or we continue to say to ourselves, wow, one day I'll get to it, I got time. My prayer for everyone here in this room that we would say today is day one, new year, that God has the best in store. Because what we're gonna talk about next week as we start our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we'll talk about in just a second, is that this will be your best year ever, I promise you this. This will be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. If you need it condensed, best year ever equals best year spiritually or reverse them, however math works. But I want you to know, if you invest in yourself spiritually, it will be your best year ever because your spirit affects everything else. We're gonna have a lot of fun today as we talk. So bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Let's pray and open up God's word today. Father, we love you. And I pray today we would remember that you are good to those who depend on you and to those who are searching for you, you are good. And so Father, we simply open our hearts, we listen, we lean in. God, I pray for everyone in this room. I pray for all of our kids in the local city kids area today, be with our teachers, as they aren't just babysitting, they're teaching our young kids about your son, Jesus, and help them fall in love with him even at a young age. We love you, Lord. Today is a day of new beginnings, and we are excited. And God, we're thankful for answered prayer. Bucks are moving on to the playoffs. We're praying for your supernatural blessing and involvement in all of that. Because it matters to me, so it matters to you, God. In Jesus' name, we all say, go give me a good amen, and let's jump into the message today. I gotta, I gotta pray for it, you know, because if it doesn't happen, I can at least say I prayed for it. The thing is, is that uh, I think that God cares about what's on your heart today. And I don't know what you're dealing with, but God does. And I think about that idea that every moment is a fresh start and where we're at today, how God brought us to this place. And I just wanna give a big thank you, you know, Friday night and yesterday morning and early today, a whole ton of our volunteers was here making sure today was smooth. So can you give a good shout of praise and thanks to all of our home team who made this happen. And they're building God's house and there is nothing better than that. And to look back on what God's done in our church and to start a new year is just so exciting to be celebrating the new life of so many babies being born, to celebrate the new life of people getting baptized. Man, I'm just excited for the here and now. And here's something I want to encourage you with as we move forward with the message, is that when we jump into a new year, everybody jumps on their resolutions, right? Like even Pastor Joe talked about it. We make them, we're ready. And a lot of times, you know, we just make the ones we've always made. I'm gonna get healthier, I'm gonna read more, less social media. It's eight days in, so I'm sure we're already like, well, broke them, sorry. Try again next year. I was good for six days, but day eight, it was too hard, right? And resolutions are these things, they're great, they sound good, but I, 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 it reminded me of a quote I read a few days ago that said when it comes to resolutions, everybody wants to do the big stuff. Everybody wants to change the world, but no one wants to help mom do the dishes, right? Like everybody wants to change the world and make a big difference, but no one wants to let the person in traffic go in front of them or be kind to the person who cut them in line or simply pray for that person that comes across our path who we do not want to pray for. <laughs> to decide that we are going, get ready, I'm gonna be mean today. No, no one wants to just to make those simple steps and acts of kindness. Well, here the thing is for us at Local City this year in 2023 is I want you to understand that we can all make resolutions. We can all have a resolution list. But as followers of Jesus and people who are figuring out God, what we really need is a surrender list. 
When you follow Jesus, it's not about here's what I want to do more and more and more. What more can I trust God with? What more can I surrender into the hands of my heavenly Father? What more can I place at the feet of Jesus and know that he is going to take care of it this year? Where in 2023 can I truly let go and let God? I would think about, man, what can I surrender? Because guess what? God, can is, God is way more capable than I am. God is way more powerful than I am. God is way more involved in the things of this world, and he's created it all, so he is way more capable to solve all the situations that I don't even see coming, so I might as well just surrender it to him. And what makes following Jesus so incredible is that when you surrender, you actually win. When you surrender, it's when you experience the victory of Jesus, because guess what? What we talk about on Sundays is not about, hey, do this so you can fix yourself or do this so you can get back in right relationship with God. It's realizing that God stepped down into this earth in the position of his son, Jesus, where hope has a name and that name is Jesus, and gave his life for you and me and conquered the death and the grave so that we can celebrate that we have victory today, that we are more than conquerors through Jesus who gave his life for us and is now alive today. Come on, give me a big amen and some big thanks today. We're a little bit of an excited church because I, you know, I need the shout backs because it's good. I need the amens because we're celebrating this together. And I really wanted to build my message out of one of my favorite verses in Scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 16. It'll be up on the screen and it's here for me as well. It says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I just want you to know, church, I'm so thankful for you. We wouldn't be here without you and our volunteers and your generosity. I want you to know as your pastor, I'm thankful for you and I'm praying for you every day. And this is what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. He says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I simply want you to know God personally today. I don't want you to feel like you have to know him through me or through our church. That can happen and it will happen and it's a, it's a place to start. But I want you to know God personally. I want you to have a relationship with him personally. And I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Now, Paul could stop there. That's all really good stuff because he's speaking to Ephesus at this time, which is Ephesians. You know, it's written to a church there. And they were in one of the most influential cities in the world at that time. And this was one of the largest churches in the world at that time. And so Paul was telling them, hey, I want to start this letter off by saying, this is what I'm praying for you for. What's in front of you is a big opportunity. There's a lot of lost people living in darkness right now in your city. And I pray that, number one, you would know God personally. I pray that you would step into a relationship with him because you can't do it without that. And that you would get around people that God has called so you can live this life together. But he doesn't stop there. Then in verse 19, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. I want you to know, local city, that the greatness of what God wants to do in your life is available to you today, here and now. And our faith is not in a building. It's not in anything that's, that we've created. It's in the greatness of our God who spoke light to the darkness, who spoke life to death. And that power is available to you today. The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. And I love this statement, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. 
This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor in God, at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Why is this verse so powerful? Because it reminds you today that the power that let Jesus walk out of that grave lives in you. When you say yes to Jesus, the power of life over death exists in you, not because of your own strength or anything that you could ever do, but because of the gift of the incredible greatness that was given you when you said yes to Jesus. So once again, God's good to those who depend on him because you got the power that defeated the grave inside of you. God is good to those who search for him. Maybe you're searching for him right now. Why is he good? Because in a moment when you surrender your life to Jesus, you have the same power in you now working on your side. Not saying that when you walk out of those doors, everything's gonna be solved, but God's gonna be working on it and working in it and through it for you to trust you as you surrender it. So here's what I wanna do today. I wanna give you four things to surrender to God this year. Just to lay down, let go, give it to God. I love that. You ever been carrying something heavy? And someone says, can I carry that for you? Now, when I was younger, you know, I had like acceptance issues, so I always wanted to show people how strong I was. So can I, no, no, I got it. You know, when I grew up in youth group, and a big way to impress girls was to show how many stackable chairs you could carry. So, you know, you just get all those chairs, like, look at me, look how many I'm carrying. Now, you know, I'm almost 35. I'm getting old, got kids, I, got, I can't, no, one chair now. Yeah, you can carry them. Yeah, oh, you carry all, the, all of them. And I, oh, I feel so good to let it go. I don't have to impress anybody. I want you to know you don't have to impress anybody, and you 100% do not have to impress God. And he's saying to you today, can I carry that for you? Can I carry that for you? Because I can definitely carry it better than you can, and I'm stronger than you. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm just telling you this is who I am as your God, and I just want to carry those things for you. So my hope for you today is that you would say yes and experience that freedom of giving God control and surrendering those heavy things over to him so you don't have to carry it anymore. And I believe these four things can change your life. I really do. So number one is this. is What is the first thing I want to surrender to God? It's my intimacy with God. To surrender again the fact that I need that personal connection and relationship with God. All the other things I'm going to talk about do not matter if you don't have close intimacy with God. The very first thing they tell you, in premarital and marital counseling is you gotta have good intimacy. Not just physically, that's the easy part. But you have to have intimacy emotionally and spiritually and in your soul. And what does it mean? Into me you see. God, I want you to see into me all the good and all the bad, all the beautiful and the ugly. And I want to see into you all the good and beautiful because that's all that you are. And I wanna tear down all those walls. I wanna let go of all those distractions. And I wanna have intimacy with you again, God. When I spend time with you, when I trust you and pray and lean into the things that you have for me, man, I need that. Look at this verse that says in Psalm 139. It says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I woke up, you are still with me. My fear for people today culturally and my fear for maybe some of us in this room is that we know way more about the thoughts other people have about us and the thoughts we think about ourselves rather than the true thoughts God thinks about you. You wanna have a 2023 free of anxiety and fear and depression? Stop focusing on their thoughts and your thoughts and start building a foundation on what God thinks about you. That's the only place you find freedom and healing, I just gotta tell you. I love all the personality tests. Love the Myers-Briggs. 
I'm the campaigner, I think. I love a good cause. My wife loves the Enneagram. I still don't know what I am. I think I'm a three with a wing of two or whatever that means. All that stuff's good. It helps us. But I believe those things can sometimes become the savior in our life rather than Jesus. Well, this is who I am. That's what that study told me. I don't care what the study told you. That's just a helpful tool. Your honest identity comes from God. And your honest understanding of who you are comes from his word and his thoughts about you. I mean, David goes on to say in the beginning of this psalm, how fearfully and wonderfully I am made. You may feel like you have no purpose. God does not make things that have no purpose. You may feel like there are mistakes for you that are completely unredeemable, and God says, no, 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 today's a new beginning. I make masterpieces, as it says later on, and I make sons and daughters who I'm proud of. I just want them to be back in the family by surrendering their life to my son Jesus again. And it comes through intimacy with God. That's why every year we designate 21 days in the beginning of the year that's all about God. And so I would encourage you to come back next week because we are starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting called Pray First, where for 21 days, we're leaning in on what God has to say about us. For 21 days, we're setting them aside to, again, live out that statement, if this is my best year spiritually, it'll be my best year ever. And that as followers of Jesus, we are deciding to pray first, not figure it out first, not Google it first, not see what social media has to say or our friends have to say about it, not fix it for, no, pray first. To get on our knees and take a second and say, God, here's what I'm going through. I can't do this without you. Show me, help me, be there. And I promise you he will. Because when we have a posture of praying first, man, it affects everything, I'm telling you. Because prayer matters and it's not just some spiritual thing. You know what, I, I've been so encouraged by that this week through something that has nothing to do with church, like the building but has everything to do with what God intended for his people. Maybe you guys have been following this story. It happened on Monday Night Football this past week. A, guy, a player, young player by the name of Damar, he's a safety for the Buffalo Bills. We have his picture right here. There was a kind of freak accident in the game where he was hit just at the right time, right in his sternum heart area, right at like the 0.2 milliseconds of when your heart is beating, where if you get hit hard with a lot of pressure, your heart can go into heart, like cardiac arrest. And that happened to him. And they literally had to do CPR to him on the field and bring him back to life multiple times. And it's amazing how this was a gut check for our culture, if you followed it at all. It was amazing to begin to see people be humbled. It was amazing to begin to see people talk candidly and openly about we're praying, because prayer makes a difference. I wanted to, remember how I told you in the beginning the statement is for those who depend on God and those who search for him, he is good no matter what? I want to show you the two different sides of that, that statement with a couple clips from some of the commentators over the last week that happened in the first 24 hours of this whole thing. The first guy, not a religious guy, but listen and hang on the words that he says, and I want you to see this is what can happen. This is the opportunity in front of us as followers of Jesus. Listen to this real quick. And it made me in the moment, I got to say, bro, look, two of the closest people in the world to me, my wife and you, my partner for years, are deeply religious people, and I, I'm not. And it made me a little envious in that moment and since then that I didn't have like that foundation of there's, there's a, I don't want to say a greater purpose or a higher power or something, because 
I feel like at times like this, when there's an inexplicable tragedy, they're almost flailing about like, why, why did it happen to this kid in this moment? And then you learn he's such a good kid. And so I don't know if any of that made sense to the audience. I hope it did. Um, but that's how I was feeling watching something we'd never seen on an NFL field before. When I was watching this, I wanted just to dive through the screen and say, hey man, it can start right now. Like it's not about being religious, it's about relationship. And yes, every single one of us in our life will be in that moment where we're flailing and we have no foundation. People who have followed Jesus have a foundation to land on. People who don't will forever be flailing until they decide to have that foundation. Because life will take your breath away. Life will destroy you. And there will be moments where you're like, what do I depend on now? And I just gotta tell you, I know the answer to that question and it's Jesus. Because you see the flip side of that coin. Someone who said, you know what? I know Jesus. And I'm gonna take the opportunity that I have and the platform I have to do something about it, to pray and make a difference. Now watch the difference in this clip and how powerful this can be. You know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for. It is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 That's the pray first posture. I don't care if I'm in front of millions of people. I don't care if I could lose my job for this because ESPN is not the most Christian of companies at all times. I'm gonna do this because I know prayer makes a difference. And across Twitter and social media and ESPN, they're celebrating because Damar Hamlin is up breathing on his own, made a post on Instagram. What he said on his post, I love, he said, this brought the world back together. And if you followed the story at all, he had started a, a nonprofit for toys and it had raised like $3,000 up to this, up to before Monday night and it's raised almost nine, ten million dollars now. See, when there's tragedy, and Christians just step in and realize, hey, we're, yeah, we get what you think is popular and right and all this stuff, but we actually know, and we're just gonna do it, and we're gonna pray, and we're gonna see healing happen, miracles happen, and we're gonna see some things brought back together in such a divisive world, that's a pray first mentality. And what I love about Orlovsky's prayer there is that it's kinda just stumbles through it. It's not well scripted, why is it powerful? Because it's honest and it's open. And he's just talking to God in front of millions of people. You don't have that pressure. You just got to talk to him on your own. And it can be honest and you can stumble through it, but it does not change how powerful it can be. Your intimacy with God matters. So here's what I would say today. Remember I said it's your choice, day one or one day. Well, today, if you want to say day one, I would encourage you to get back to what we at Local City call the first 15 that the first 15 minutes of every day are God's. Five minutes of God's word, 
Five minutes of worship and five minutes of prayer. If you're too busy for that 15 minutes, you are too busy and you got bigger issues. But if you start every day, just try this week, if you start every day with 15 minutes of those things, hop on Spotify, type in worship, you'll find something. Download the Bible app on your phone, you'll find a, of some verses to read. And just pray honestly how you're feeling, it will change your day. Because when God is first, the rest is blessed, all right? Just gotta tell you that. And today is day one of my first 15 again. That when I wake up, it's not Instagrams, it's not the snooze buttons, it's not coffees. For me, I gotta get up before the distractions. That first 15 is not my kids, it's not even Adrian's because my first relationship is with God. That affects everything else. That will affect your spirit. Second thing is this, is what's the second thing to surrender to God? It's that I gotta be involved in God's house. This one's really self-explanatory, so I'll just kind of hit it quick. Is that in Hebrews chapter 10, they are challenging themselves as the church is exploding and doing incredible things and really taking over the world. What did they say to themselves? Let us think of ways to simply continue to motivate one another to the acts of good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. I'm just gonna tell you, coming to church is not a checking the box religious thing. It is needed treatment for our life. For the follower of Jesus, Sunday's the first day of the week. Monday is not the first day. Thank God, because my Mondays are sometimes hard. Sunday's the day where I come into God's house. I get filled up, I get encouraged, I get to see my church family, and I get ready for the next six days. God's first, because the rest will be blessed. And I wanna share with you a pastor friend of mine. He posted this on Facebook, and I figured I'd share it with you because it says it way better than I could. He says, church attendance is only a part of the Christian life, but it spills over into all parts of our lives. Now, why is it so hard to attend sometimes? Because it is spiritual. Why would the enemy want you to show up to a place that encourages you, prays with you, allows you to serve others, and collectively lifts up the name of Jesus? Here's the challenge for you this year. Show up often, show up with expectation, and you'll see a change in your life. This is a money-back guarantee. Day one of this is, once again, prioritizing Sundays. Being involved in God's house. That's your blank. Day one of Sundays. Sunday, I'm gonna be in church. I believe we have it in your notes. There's a line underneath that says, I believe that if you will make Sundays a priority and faithfully show up, I promise you I'm gonna stand on the guarantee. I promise you that you will see a positive change in your life. I will never understand when I meet with people and they tell me, I'm really busy right now, so I gotta go to church less. Okay, okay. So your answer to your life being a little bit overwhelming is less God. Okay. Well, don't put God in a box. He's not only, a, you're right, he's not only a church, but it does say the body of Christ is the church. So it's kind of important. And yes, your intimacy with God is important, but it is not a replacement for this. Go back to 2020, and I can show you what life's like without physically gathering with the church. No one would say, oh, 2020, that was a calendar year for mental health. Let's get back to, no, no one would say that. Because we weren't here. We weren't together. We weren't seeing each other. High five and worshiping together, it matters. I'm telling you, you just gotta prioritize Sundays again. It's like saying, you know, I really wanna be healthy this year, but I'm gonna go to the doctor way less. I'm gonna go to the gym way less. I'm gonna have a worse diet than I did last year. No, if I want my life to be better spiritually for the best year ever, I gotta be in God's house where it gets filled up. Jesus gave his life so we could do this. Make it a priority. Make it a priority. 
and I was talking to two separate people from our church this week, both in completely different stages of life. One, everything is going great. Tons of wins happening in their life. Their job, their relationships, their family. Another person from our church, life couldn't be going worse. Difficulties at home, family, the weight and stress of family. And they both said the same thing. You know, without God's house and me being involved in it, I never could have gotten here. Without being involved in God's house and without the church, I could never get through this. Whether you're in the mountains or the valleys, you need God's church. Because on the mountain, it makes you thankful. In the valley, it keeps you going. Because I need people who, when I walk into on a Sunday, just trust me, I need people in this house, when I see them on Sunday morning, I need that constant. When I know people are going to be smiling and say, I'm so glad you're here. And that's what I love about a welcoming, friendly church. You've got to prioritize Sundays again. It's got to get on your calendar. If it's not in your calendar, it's not a priority. And it's not about prioritizing your schedule. It's about scheduling your priorities. And this is a priority. Your first 15 is a priority. Those are the first two. They build everything. So it matters. Show up often. Be here. And I promise you'll see a positive impact. And as we close, here's the last two. The third one is, is you got to be investment. You got to be invested in God's kingdom. I love the simple invitation of what Jesus says. Hey, you want to see what all this is about? Just come and see. Come and be, come and be involved. Come see more about it. And I love that Jesus invites us to see for ourselves. Just come and check it out. When Jesus was walking the earth, it was like, hey, come see the miracle I'm doing today. Yesterday I fed people. Today I'm making a guy walk who can't walk. Tomorrow I'm going to make a guy that can see. He's, going to, he's blind. I'm going to make him so he can see. In a few days, you definitely want to show up because you're going to be raising somebody from the dead. Come and see for yourself. And that's what's beautiful about God. It's so beautiful about Jesus. He says, hey, I don't want to try and convince you of anything. Just come and see. And the thing about being invested in God's kingdom is it never stops. There's always more. There's always more to learn. If you ever find yourself saying, ah, God, church, been there, done that, well, you didn't do it right. Because this only works all in. It's like you're saying, I'm going swimming today, and you just kind of like dip the foot in. You're like, oh, man, I had such a great time swimming. People are like, what are you talking about? You didn't even go in. Oh, I know, but, you know, I kind of did. No, man, this only works all in, like full cannonball into the depth of who God is. Here's my challenge. The same challenge that those two guys I talked about earlier responded to. It won't happen overnight. It, won't even, I don't even, it might not even happen in a month. But if you would say on the first Sunday at Local City of 2023, I'm going to give Local City, I'm going to give God's house. If, you don't, if we're not your cup of tea, go find a church. I will tell you where to go for what you're looking for. I know a lot of the pastors in this area because we're part of the Capital C Church. Give Local City, give us a year, and see what happens. Make Sundays a priority. Get intimate with God. Go to what I'm going to talk about in a second. Go to growth track. Because here's the thing. All of us have one next step. And so you have to personally answer, what is my next step in my faith journey. And next week, we bring back what we call growth track, which is your track to grow, where it gives you on that year track of growing, making Sundays a priority, coming consistently, figuring out the first 15, and we'll give a Bible to you and teach you how to pray. Then you get on the home team and start serving, whatever you want to do. If you want to play an instrument or set up stuff or greet people or teach kids, start serving. Start giving through your generosity and saying, God, what I have is yours. Get in a small group. They're coming at the end of the month. Get in a circle. Get in a small group community where you can open up and be transparent and do that for a whole year. And I promise you, again, your life will be in a better place spiritually. I promise you. Give us a year. See what God does. 
You gotta be invested in God's kingdom. When you're invested, you pay attention to it. And as we close today, the last one is that we gotta be inspired to big faith in God. My hope for you is that you would constantly be inspired by what God is doing in your life. That you would constantly be inspired by what you see God doing in the lives of others. And as the worship team comes up, we're gonna close here. I just want you to invite you to experience that verse, 1 John 5, 4. For every child of God, which when you say yes to Jesus, that's what you are. For every child of God defeats this evil world. You got evil in your life, you can defeat it. And we activate this victory, how? Through our faith. And I pray that you would be inspired to big faith today. I pray that you would be inspired to take that next step of your faith journey, to just keep coming back, to get back into that first 15 on your mornings, to go to growth track and get serving and realize the purpose that you were created for, to get into a small group and where you can open up and see your life change, where you can begin to realize that God, with God truly the best is yet to come inspired to that next level of where Jesus is inviting you to come and see. Man, the life God has for you, I can't even begin to describe it. I can't even begin to help, to help you see it. You have to be able to see it for yourself and to say, you know what, God, have your way in me. Christ be magnified in my life, not anything else. And I want to be inspired. And I want to be an inspiration to those around me. People to say, what, what are you so excited about? What are you so passionate about? I'm like, man, I was once lost and now I'm found. I lose my phone every day. I'm super excited when I find it. I lose my keys every day. Super excited when I find them. I want you to know God is super excited when he found, finds every single lost son and daughter. That's who you are. And there's big faith out there. And as we close today, here's the day one I want you to begin to speak over your life. That today is day one of releasing control and receiving freedom. Where are you living like this right now? Is it with your relationships? Is it with your identity? Is it with your job? Is it with your money? Where is this right now? And I promise you, if this is a year of letting go of control and releasing, God will place so much freedom in your life. And here's a little example I kind of give all the time about these things because I want you to know that these are kind of non-negotiables in your faith. When you go to buy a house, you go to buy a car, everybody's got the non-negotiables. This size bathroom or this much gas mileage. And you're like, I don't even show me anything that doesn't have these things. Well, in your life, I want you to know when it comes to following Jesus, these four things are the non-negotiables. And the way to remember it is, I always bring this little compass with me on stage to remind you about these four things. Because on a compass, there's four main directions. North, south, east, and west. And north is that intimacy with God. Where are we always looking to go? Where does it always point? My personal relationship with God is where everything flows from. That's my north. But what's at the bottom? What's south? What's the foundation? Being planted in God's house and involved in God's house. And then when I do those things, then I'm free to begin to be more and more invested in God's kingdom. For him to take me to new things. And then to go this way to be even inspired more to a big faith. If you're lost right now, are you lost because you stopped going north, you stopped going south, you stopped going east, you stopped going west? It's one of them. So just start going that way again and fill them back up. Realize the non-negotiables. And what's beautiful about this little compass I hold in my hand on the picture you'll see it at the top is this little red arrow. The only way this compass works is if I hold it flat, again, let go of control, receive the freedom of God in my life that only Jesus could give me. And it 
only works when that red arrow is pointing away from me. You want victory in your life? Stop making it about me or you. Make it more about God and more about others. Point to God, point to others, and you'll see and you'll find yourself. Yeah, we can give Jesus some praise for that because that's really good. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.